1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by Denver Film on the Rocks, one of Colorado's essential summer events for over 20 years, featuring live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. Summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, cult classics. It's a movie experience unlike any other, and spots fill up very fast. So check it out. It's $59.50 for a car. You can pack as many people as you want to in there, and you also get a pretty dope snack pack with some candy, some pop. Sometimes there's even a free pack of beers. So check that out, or if you just want to go to the general admission, it's $16 for those, $32 for VIP Head to DenverFilm.org, check out all of the details for what they've got shown. They've had a lot of fun ones this summer like GoldenEye, Jurassic Park, Princess Bride, Casino Royale. So much fun. I, if you've never done it before, you've got to check it out. It's a unique experience unlike anything else. So head to DenverFilm.org and check out everything they've got going on this summer. Still left through August now at Denver Film on the Rocks. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creisman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies Patrick Lyons, beat writer, as you well know, is out for the day. But joining us for this one, that's right, it's Drew Goodman Day on the podcast, everybody. You know him as the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. You know him, of course, as the voice of the Rockies on at t Sportsnet. And speaking of that, I, I want to begin here, Goody, because it's a big launching off point. You know, the trade deadline goes down. Uh, Cubs roll into town. Rockies have a nice series. Uh, but I, I want to I go inside now perhaps dangerously inside the mind of Drew Goodman. (laughs) (laughs) You sure you want to do that, dude? Let's see how this goes. But what, because I, you know, I know that a decent, probably people don't realize that a lot of your job on a day-to-day basis is research and you know making sure you've got everything about the team that's coming into town who's on a hot streak cold streak for the other guys oh they just called up who is this guy okay i better make sure i'm pronouncing his name right i better make sure i know a little bit about his story i'm going to talk to people uh, if he's maybe a lesser known prospect guy that was just called up so when you look at a lineup (laughs) you go it's just vargas (laughs) we got
0: oh Janeshwe.
1: Janeswi. Okay, I was. I was no, no.
0: Janeshwi. F H. Janeshwi.
1: This is. See, this is the. I can mess that up on this show. You've got to go on television and And, say his name. And you know
0: what? Honestly, um, uh, there are times that listen. You make mistakes. There are times you mispronounce. There are times you struggle with. And then there are times where there's a contradiction in how a guy's name's pronounced. The most notable, obviously, is. Nolan Arenado for the first five years of his career. And then the last few, it's been Nolan Arenado. Yeah, and man. I, because I was able to, I went right to the source and he was emphatic. I don't care. Half my family says Arenado, half says Arenado. I said, I got I to gotta <laughs> say one thing and not another. What do you want it to be? He goes, I don't know. And, and so we finally we decided, because it, it all emanated, if you remember, from when he did that, um, you know, the DIA train thing. Right. Said this is Nolan Arenado. And I was on the train. I'm like, he just said Arenado. So that but yeah, there are guys who come up. I'll give you a guy tonight, man. It's funny you you funny you bring that out, Patrick. Um, I said called you Patrick. How about Drew? We, we have, have the same, same name, and name, and I just, know, right. the wrong one. That's where my head is right now, dude. Um <laughs> talk about getting names right. Right. So <laughs> you have you have Sandy uh Alcantara or Sandy Alcantara, right, right. And yesterday, the shortstop for the Cubs was Sergio Alcantara. Is what we settled on. We talked about it. Seems like it went both ways. And how, you know, it's phonetically, uh, you know, in his bio and and then MLB pronunciations and you know, it's kind of. And then you 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 know, a lot of times we've anglicized. I don't say just we. Uh, a lot of people have anglicized certain Latino names. I- I'll give you um, an example. Do you remember? Uh, oh man, I'm trying to think back. Oh, I'm 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 doing a bad job of remembering off the top. But there there are certain names that were pronounced one way, and then you know some guys were comfortable with the ang- you know having yeah. it anglicized and said and they referred to them as such. So yeah, but that is that's an important one. And one we probably screw up sometimes too.
1: You know, and I imagine it doesn't make it any easier when a team rolls into town and it's all new people, uh, you know, just a whole bunch of dudes uh, like the Cubs did. And, and, you know, uh, First of all you, you you all did fantastically with that and i, and I thought made, i had a really good time uh, educating the people on just who in the heck these guys are because yeah. a lot of people didn't you know you don't know uh, <laughs> and so it's uh it, it's got to be interesting to call a series like that and really going down the stretch you know in the past in in september when teams could call up 15 extra guys and, and you're just like, okay, how much do I need to know about this guy? Is he ever going to come into the game? You know, it just gets wild these last couple of months, I would imagine.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, September sometimes becomes a little bit of, of March baseball, where there's a lot of guys when the 40-man rosters uh, come into play. In the case of the Cubs, you know, a couple of new guys, but the, the guys they received back for all the trades they made, mo- nine, yeah, I, most of those guys are are still in the minor leagues. I think all those guys, right. are in minor leagues, um, you know, they called up some of their, you know, certain some of those guys that that were playing. Drew, as you know, were veteran guys that, you know, veteran journeyman type yeah. of guys that you yeah. look and you like the kid at first base. The last couple of days was, uh, you know, he's twenty nine years of age, so it's not like oh, he's this twenty four year old prospect. You know, he's right. kicked around and he's. You know, he's getting an opportunity with the Cubs, but, you know, who knows where he'll be next year, right? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, as, as we said, a, a good series to watch. It's been interesting watching this team since the trade deadline. Don't think we've talked too much with you uh, about that. You see some of these young guys who, uh, you, you know, seem really motivated. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers on a 12-game hit streak, stuff like that. John Gray you know with all these comments that he's come out publicly and talked about wanting to be here in the future and then you've got the flip side of it with you know Trevor Story and some comments about being frustrated that he wasn't traded and a lot of fan frustration that maybe the Rockies didn't more clearly define a direction one way or the other that's i think the most common criticism that i've heard is that you know some people would like to hear they're either going all in on trying to compete right now or they really which uh, people, I don't think a lot of people believe they can do. I might be of a different mind there. Or the other way, tear everything down, which would have been, you know, trading Trevor and to some people, John Marquez, like all of these other people. And that that didn't come to fruition. Uh, you know, I, I think as a lot of people and, and maybe Trevor Story being one of them feeling like they're in a little bit of purgatory here, uh, despite the fact that the Rockies have played some really fun baseball lately.
0: Yeah. You know, to your point, Drew uh the Rockies over their last I'm trying to remember my notes from yesterday over their last 43 games now which is more than a quarter of a season okay they're 23 and 20 now is that is that Dodger like the last few years of course not it's it's not but it's not oh they had a good week of baseball and they went 5 and 2 they they've been much better. And, and the main reason, again, as you well know better than anyone is that they're pitching really well. Their are starting rotations really good. In fact, if you look at the numbers for their starting rotation over the last two plus months, they probably should be a lot better than whatever that record is. And it is slightly above 500. Uh, but we know that until recently the, the offense has really been light And the bullpen has not been good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But to attack the trade deadline, and I know because I've listened to you guys, and I know you guys attacked it uh, vociferously because it was the main topic, naturally. I understand – let's leave Trevor aside for a second, Drew. Yeah. I understand – that why they didn't move Daniel Bard. Even though Daniel Bard has struggled against lefties, Daniel Bard's a high-quality bullpen arm who's a leader, and, he's a, and, and another aside is he's a great story. I know we can't get sentimental. It's about winning baseball games. The hardest thing for the Rockies to ever achieve and accumulate is pitching. Achieve quality pitching and accumulate quality pitching. Right. And especially at the bullpen level – Guys, unless – if they're doing really well and they're free agents, they're not signing with Colorado. We know that. I mean, the, especially the when you look a few years ago when Jeff Breidich went out and signed Wade Davis, good first you year. Not say, or you can everywhere.
1: overpay for him. And-
0: yes, they overpaid. Brian Shaw was a yeah. risk because of the number of miles on his arm, uh, you know, and, and they knew Jake McGee. And Jake McGee's having a resurgence this year, naturally, uh, with San Francisco. Okay. I, I thought those were all good moves, honestly, at the time. And that's baseball They don't always work out. But Daniel Bard is a guy, I don't know if he'll be your closer when you're really good. And you, and you have a chance to be really good in the short term because of that rotation. And that's why everything that they did is to, I think, I'm hoping, to try to compete next year. And I mean legitimately compete because they have a rotation in their prime, not, hey, this guy we really think two years down the road can be good. Herman's great, right? We know that. Kyle Freeland has been outstanding, right. and he's been there before. These guys have postseason experience. Uh, John Gray is pitching better than he ever has. Austin Gomber has been really good. The, the last one-inning start uh, aside has been really good. Sensatella, back of the rotation guy, but somebody you can trust, Right. Yeah, if they have this nucleus. You don't know how long they a stay healthy, how long they're effective, because we know pitching is it comes and goes very quickly. Um, you know there are very few Justin Verlanders out there. I know he's been hurt with the Tommy John, who who have a career of dominance, or Max Scherzer, those guys, or Clayton right. Kershaw. Those guys are going to the Hall of Fame for a reason. Um, so if you take that nucleus, which is the most important and the most elusive for the Rockies, you go. We got to win now. And I think that Billy Schmidt uh, if, certainly understands that. And that's why they look at Bard and go, okay, you know what? This is still a quality arm. And even if he eventually is not our closer, he's somebody who can be a, a setup guy. Maybe he is the closer. I don't know. And I think that's why they pulled him off the table. Um, the the, you, the Going now to Trevor's story, and forgive me for getting so long-winded, Drew, but no. Story, they placed a value on him. I don't know what was offered Um, and maybe what was offered was not as much as they thought clearly they were going to get. And maybe it was affected by, you know, he's had a subpar year. He'd be the first to tell you he's had a subpar year. There's some question because he doesn't rip the ball across the diamond. We haven't seen him do that in a while and it's a two month rental. So maybe some of that was diminished. And the Rockies have confidence in in weighing the, you know, the mathematical equation, the financial equation, that they were better off, you know, trying to sign them if they can. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to at the end of this, you know, in the offseason, take a
1: compensatory pick. Yeah, you know, it it was interesting. interesting. I was was looking at that, and a lot of people, and, and I agreed that I think the closest comparison in every situation is different, but there were a lot of people pointing to what the New York Mets did by getting Javier Baez for Pete Crow Armstrong. And the, the, the more I, I dig deeply into that, I think that actually gives you the roadmap for why the Rockies ended up doing what they did. Because if you look at the advanced metrics, Javier Baez has been about twice as valuable as Trevor Story this year. And the Mets aren't getting Trevor Story's resume. They aren't getting his career war. They're getting two months of the ball player that he is right now or they're getting that from Baez right now, right? And he was clearly having the better and healthier season. And if that gets you this prospect that was ranked seventh in their system, was the 19th pick last year, you push that value back just a little bit for the value of the story, and you go, yeah, that's a compensatory draft <laughs> That's exactly the, that's the future value that they have right now in Chris McMahon. Um, it, it, or, exactly. You know, I'm so trying to not- –
0: I'm trying to uh, look something up for before, like the Mets. You know, people go, "Hey, they got they got uh, Armstrong from the Mets." Armstrong wasn't the f- number one prospect in the Mets organization. He wasn't the number two prospect in the Mets organization. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Drew. He was the number five prospect in the Mets organization, right?
1: Something I saw actually had him. The thing I looked up today had him at seventh. So okay. So
0: so yeah. And and I think there's a misunderstanding or a misnomer that, Oh, Trevor story. He's going to get you a, a, you know, a, a yeah. starting pitcher and the top two prospects in, in some, you know, in the Yankees organization. No, he's not, not for two months. I mean, people are going, Oh, the Mets or um, who did the, who was the trade with uh, the one I'm thinking the Oh, Javi buys with the Cubs. Yeah. Okay. Armstrong, He's never played a minute in the big leagues. He's known right now as a, as a really good defensive outfield prospect. The bat is a little bit light. He's played correct, six correct?
1: games of low-A baseball. Thank you. We, <laughs> we have no idea
0: what this guy's going to be. And, and 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 because all the talking heads like us and the writers say, oh, the Met, uh, the the uh, Cubs kicked ass. They traded Javi Baez, who was going to be a free agent. And they got um, – the number five or number seven prospect in the Mets organization. Really? Guess what? Okay. Where, whoever the, the Rockies draft in the compensatory uh, portion of the first round, Yeah. he will immediately become probably a top five prospect in the Rockies organization. I know the Rockies organization is not super deep now. They are starting to add some players. Zach beans coming on. We can talk about that at a later date, but um, he immediately becomes a top five prospect, right? Right. In all likelihood, right. top five, top six. That's about where Drew Romo is right now, right? And Drew Romo is probably going to go up because he's having a heck of a first year as a professional. Right. And his bat, everyone, quite, you know, Drew Romo was thought to be the best defensive high school catcher in the country. They thought – We'll see what happens with the bat. Yeah. And listen, I know he's in Fresno. He's in low A ball. Drew, you study this because I I listen to you all the time. Um, Drew Romo has been really good with the bat in the Cal League. Yeah. And that has been a pleasant surprise. That doesn't mean, you know, four years yeah. from now we're going to say, oh, yeah, this guy's, you know, a 25 home run backstop. I hope he is. We all hope he is. Sure. But he's doing nicely, and he was a, you know, compensatory pick. Yeah.
1: But last point that I'll make on this, because I, I did it once before on the show, Patrick and I actually ran through a long list of examples, but it's always easy to t- say that teams who sold won on the day of, because you're projecting on guys like Pete Crow Armstrong. He may never play a game in the big leagues. I hope he does. I, I, I like you look, you, know, we all, we root, you root for young players, but we went back and looked at, you know, the, Seattle trade of Cliff Lee for Justin Smoke and a bunch of dudes did nothing for their future. The Houston trade of Roy Oswald did nothing for their future. The sellers are very, very rarely winners at the trade deadline. They feel like they are because you go, you got a bunch of guys for nothing. But if those guys don't turn into anything, so that's why I think. You Look know, no it further, is-
0: listen. And, and and it's easy when you're a fan of a team to beat up your team when a trade doesn't work or a pick, a high pick doesn't pan out. Look at every team. Look at the L.A. Dodgers. I've done this, and I know you've done this, but I'm uh, imploring the audience to do this because now you have so many tools at your disposal with the Internet and all the different sites. The
1: sure. baseball reference.
0: Right. You, you can – those – you know, it's not – private to you and I as, as members of the right. media community, if you will. Uh, so the Rockies and, the you know, the Dodgers have missed on picks. The Dodgers have missed on trades. Yeah. The Rockies, when they traded Ubaldo Jimenez, people say, man, they got a ton back for Ubaldo. They got two number one picks back-to-back years uh, in Drew uh, Pomerance and Alex White, and then he got a couple other guys that were – you know, mid-level type prospects. None of those guys panned out in a Rockies uniform. Pomerance has been a nice, has had a nice career as a bullpen piece, Right, a, a nice career. None of those guys could panned out. Right. You go, you go back to the tulowitzki deal and yeah, they had yeah. to take the Jose Reyes thing and we'll push that aside yeah. naturally, but they got Jeff Hoffman. They said, Hey, they, the, the Rockies did well. They got the ninth pick in the draft, a guy that was, Talked about as maybe being the number one pick in the draft before he had Tommy John, really good get for the Rockies for Tulowitzki. Jeff Hoffman never panned out.
1: Yeah, you right. don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about these. We're we're all kind of that, and that's why. Like, I get if people are like, "Damn, I, you know, I really wish they'd have done something else." I think that's a perfectly, perfectly reasonable position to hold. If not the reasonable position to hold, what I I can't help but chuckle at a little bit is, and, and I've made this analogy before, is people really upset that they got this lottery ticket instead of that lottery ticket. <laughs> and I'm not, like, yeah, I, mean, I get it, but at the end of the day, we're arguing over the difference between this and this. This this is
0: where, y- if you want to look at it from 10,000 feet, and what I'm about to present takes a lot, of, it, it takes chutzpah, and you can't, get sentimental about players. If you thought and you and it's your business to try to really determine if you're going to be able to sign a guy long term, if you thought, man, it does not look good to sign Trevor story. And when they were trading Nolan to also trade Trevor, that would have taken a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of I said chutzpah to do it then because Mm -hmm. we know how angry the Rockies fan base was, and many, I suppose, still are. If you did both of those guys in, in one fell swoop, even if they were different trades, I'm not saying they were packaged together. Right. Um, you're gonna get more for Trevor at that point in time because who whoever did the deal with you is no. getting a full year right. with Trevor. And now he's in their, you know, he's in their community and he's in their um, culture. And maybe they feel if it's a wealthy team, they feel they have a better chance at re signing him. Um, you know, that's not how the Rockies, uh, you know, have done things. They've, they've never done things like Tampa where, yeah, that's fine. We'll trade Blake Snell in the off season, and, you know, we'll trade Evan Longoria. Uh, they, they, I'm sure, are warm to their players when they have them, but they have no problem moving them. That's never been, you know, the Rockies' MO, right or wrong. But if you wanted to maximize what you were going to get for Trevor Story, you would have had to have a lot of courage and do it uh, in the off season.
1: Yeah. 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 That would have been a tough pill for fans to swallow for sure. Babe. But I think, I think you're hundred percent right about that. Um, before we get you out of here, let's do talk a little bit about the baseball in the field lately. And I, and I think it actually even connects with this conversation um, about, you know, how quickly can they turn it around? Because you mentioned the starting pitching uh, and that that's been great as of late, but then you start looking and I was saying this to Patrick on yesterday's episode about how, I've had this weird sensation the last couple of weeks where when you get to the Rockies, seven and eight hitters, I'm almost more excited to watch those at bats than I am the rest of the lineup. And I can't remember. I've been following this team a while. <laughs> where, And it's not because they're necessarily better or, or they're awesome, but you see Elias Diaz or Sam Hilliard, or when he gets plugged in there for a game right now, Jonathan Daza, who had not been doing as well, but we know what he's capable of. We've seen these these moments, and you want to know. You want to see. And lately, of course, with, with Diaz and, and Hilliard, they've been putting on a show. But maybe with more central pieces, like Brendan Rodgers, obviously you're getting more excited about that. Ryan McMahon, maybe not the super-duper star just yet we thought he'd be, but clearly cementing himself as a guy who more than belongs at the big league level is one of the best defenders in baseball. And Oh yeah. He's still going to hit probably 25 home runs and, and all that. And you go, well, you know, maybe this team, and I understand the quality of competition they just played. I really, really do. But maybe this team isn't quite so far away as they looked at the beginning of the year when a whole lot of people were happy to say it's an easy hundred loss team. That's going to be the worst team in baseball and all of that. Maybe they've always been just a little bit better than that, especially as these young guys gain some more experience. Well, Drew, a couple thoughts on that.
0: Number one, I've always said this in, in life, in athletics, in whatever your vocation is, whatever your business, you have a right to get better, right? Yeah, And, and hopefully you have, The uh, fortitude to want to do everything you can to get better, certainly professional athletes you would think would fall into that category, especially young uh, professional athletes at the major league level. So we are seeing Sam Hilliard better. We're certainly seeing Elias Diaz uh, better. We're seeing great growth with Brendan Rodgers, who much is expected of. So when you evaluate those guys going into the 22 off season, 21, 22 offseason, uh, as you suggest, you have a different view of those guys than you did perhaps going into the 21 season. I said this on my podcast this week, and I'm going to reiterate it here. Uh, you know, hope is, is not a plan, you know, where you put your fingers together and <laughs> where I, where I hope that a couple of these guys out of nowhere become superstars. It's awesome if that happens, right? But you have to augment potential good stories with legitimate baseball moves to further augment what we were talking about earlier, this really good rotation that they have. Right. I've said this many times. I've said it with you and Patrick. I think at least 20 teams, and I haven't broken this down, I, I think at least 20 teams would take their rotation and trade it for the Rockies rotation if the Rockies would allow that. Right. That's how good I think this group is. So now what do you do in the offseason to address – I'll leave the bullpen aside because that's another animal. Sure. But to address an offense that's been much better, and you've talked about it, Drew, it's been much yeah. better, but it needs that's, to take another couple of strides. Yeah. Yeah. I would look, and, and we'll delve into this when the three of us – chat on ensuing shows and certainly in the off season when we're chit chatting away, and I'll do it as well on my podcast. You, you try to go get the Michael Kadires yeah. and Justin Moore knows the world. A couple of those guys that are, you know, 31, 32, really good pros can still help you. And they're, you know, two or three year, times you know twelve to fifteen million dollars somewhere in there yes, where it's not yes. you know 180 million two hundred yes. million it's it's reasonable and right. there's a light at the end of the tunnel if it doesn't work. Yep. Daniel Murphy falls into that category and I'm and I'm standing here or sitting here right now I'd be the first to raise my hand and even though I was like everyone really disappointed that DJ was allowed to walk out the door and, again, Dick Monfort's on record is saying he, w- he wishes he had a mulligan on that one. Uh, but I like the Daniel Murphy signing. I thought he was going to hit 40 doubles and 20 homers yeah. and hit 320 in a Rockies uniform because he was that good a hitter. I know he, he wasn't a good defender. He got hurt, and it, and, it, and it never worked out. But that elk of player, two of those guys, and then, you know, you still are going to have, you know, Rodgers, who I think has a chance to be outstanding, you know, another growth year from McMahon. And and then you then you can go back now to the hope part of this yeah. and go, hey, what if Sam Hilliard, what if Connor Joe, what if Elias Diaz really becomes a guy? Yeah. And I don't mean a 40-homer guy, but, like, they're all guys. They're all, you know, really solid to good big leaguers. Now people will look at the Rockies a little bit differently, and now you have a good offense to augment – what you expect to be a really good rotation for the next couple of years, that's controllable. Assuming you can sign John Gray.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Actually, somebody even said to me the other day, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with this assessment, but this idea that the Rockies are kind of putting off superstars, that Nolan's mad at them, that Trevor's mad at them. And so superstars aren't going to want to sign here. And I said to this person, you know what? I don't know that that's true, but if it is, that might be the biggest blessing in disguise for this franchise. Cause they've had superstars on big old honking contracts, going back to Todd Helton and Carlos Gonzalez and Trevor story, and then Nolan Arenado, And it's tough to be flexible and build the rest of your team that way. And I said almost exactly what you just said. I said, they don't need to go out and sign one superstar player to come in here and replace Trevor or whatever it may be and, and anchor their offense. They need two or three Really solid veterans who know how to make the most out of it, who can be gap to gap hitters, hit 25 plus home runs. Hope I would like to them to play solid defense because I do think pitching and, and defense and run prevention has to be the identity of the Rockies. But the same way in the bullpen, going out and signing the three best relievers on the market at the time to fix your biggest issue made perfect sense but it didn't work out that way. What you needed was six relievers making half that amount of money so that you could mix and match when one of them didn't work out. And I, and I agree with you here. I think, you know, and then you can go back to, you mentioned the Connor Joes or the Elias Diaz, the Sam Hilliard, that was DJ LeMayhew in 2015. You look at that team and you weren't going, Oh yeah, this guy's going to be a star player. His numbers were pedestrian. He was a good fielder hit for some contact. He was okay. You know, and, and so those guys you, that can happen and, and you got to allow the, the possibility for it. But I, I agree with you 100 percent there. You go out and augment just right around this pitching staff. There's talent here that can be allowed to blossom in a, in a special way if you get those reliable veterans. And then as, as we keep kind of putting off. Bullpens are crapshoots, man. You go out and you you never quite know. You're just the right guy. And now all of a sudden, Daniel Bard, your seventh inning guy, and you've got some lightning dynamics at the end of your bullpen. You're what? a completely different ball club.
0: Yeah, and, and what if, you know, Shasin, who's worn so many different hats, as a big league pitcher. Right? What if he's a legit setup guy? He's been a legit setup yeah. guy the last, whatever, three, four weeks. He's done a really good job. I think he's got a, a scoreless streak going somewhere around 11 innings. He's got a slow heartbeat, been there, done that. Yeah. The, pl- the stuff plays up a little bit in short stints. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's been throwing – you know, he's touched 95 a bunch of times. I didn't think he had that in him anymore. Right. And you need good stories. Every team needs good stories. Heck, look at the Dodgers, who spend more money than anybody. And, and it's an embarrassment of riches. It's almost comical, the, yeah. the talent they can roll out there. We we did this off-air yesterday. Uh, Drew and we, we put their best lineup when everyone's healthy. We put their best lineup out there. And AJ Pollock was on the bench unless the DH is in play. Albert Pujols was on the bench. Yeah. Right? And Albert's been good for them. And I know, yeah. he, you know, he's yeah. on the 18th green, but he's been good for them. And, and listen, Pollock's a heck of a player. That's how deep they are. But guess what? They still have had good stories Seemingly out of nowhere, and we point immediately to Max Muncy and Chris Taylor. Right, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor. So if the Rockies again can augment, but have a couple of good stories, and we see some of that brewing, Sam Hilliard can cut his strikeout rate down, you know, six seven percent, kind of like he's been doing lately.
1: That's that's a special talent. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We we will we will indeed see. That's why they go out there and and do it and and play the games because again it's like you know you go back and look at some of our preseason shows and we were confident that this was a two team race out west between the Dodgers and the Padres. Nobody had the Giants. No one. And and no one had the Giants. Had the Giants. No one. Here's what, Drew. You know this. This is what Atlanta our,
0: our industry does. They look and they go, okay, Mookie Betts, check, great player. Cody Bellinger, check, great player. Um, oh, this guy's a really high prospect. Ruiz, right. for instance, if he was still with the Dodgers, if he comes up, he's going to help them because he's ranked, you know, among the top prospects in baseball. Right. And then a year later, there are surprises that take place. Like Jake Cronenworth, for instance, with right. the Padres now. I mean, he uh, he was originally with Tampa, right? And so, Jay Cronenworth. Now you evaluate him, go, oh man, that's a hell of a guy. High on base, hits the ball out of the ballpark, uh, hits gap to gap, can play multiple positions. Did,
1: was anybody on Jay Cronenworth predicting that a year ago, two years ago? Right. So. Meanwhile, Cody Bellinger, I think, has been the fourth worst qualified hitter in baseball this year. Right. And who right. I think he got drafted in our superstars when we were just taking people most likely to win MVP this year. Somebody picked Cody Bellinger as you would going into why would, the year. why wouldn't you? Why yeah. wouldn't you? I
0: mean, last time I checked, you already has won an MVP.
1: Yeah. A solid bet.
0: So yeah, yeah so.
1: the the prognostications can be fun just don't mean a whole lot <laughs> well
0: I, I look at it i do look at it a little bit this way um people in front offices and whatever sport we're talking about they have to first guess i'm stealing a, a line from clint hurdle it's really yeah. easy when you and i and, and drew do a, and, and patrick do a, a podcast the next day and go hey why did the manager uh, pinch it in this situation or why didn't he stick with so and so and when it doesn't work out we can we can you know, Monday morning quarterback that yeah. and second guess that, but managers, GMs, they have to first guess. And at, when you are in the opinion business, you throw out your opinion. And most of the time it, it you throw it against the wall and you always will point to the one that say, I remember that. No. I said that the other nine that fall down the, and slip down the chalkboard and you were completely wrong. You don't point to those. So, listen, this is not to say the Rockies haven't made mistakes and haven't uh, um, wished they did business at times differently. I think every organization does that. The Rockies may handle things in a more unique way than, than the traditional let's trade our guy at the deadline and we got prospects back. So, as you said earlier, everybody celebrates you because you got prospects back and, therefore, you had to have done better. Than in the case of Trevor story, taking a uh, compensatory pick, as I said, we'll see, we'll see on that one. Um, But I do believe that this does not have to be um, in the, in the next couple of years, a franchise that's, that's bad. I I do think with the right moves and, and a little bit of good fortune where these guys continue to grow, the Rockies can be very, very, um, competitive. And hopefully what I mean by that is, is a contender in the short term. And there's a ton of people I understand who won't agree with me. And that does not mean that they don't have to improve their system. Um, they have to get much yeah. deeper than they've been um, in, in their system. I think the lower minor leagues certainly look a lot better right now than the upper portions of the minor leagues. Yeah. Um uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, their analytics department, uh, some guys have left, and and so they have to build that back up again. And it all begins with a plan. And I and I'm, if Billy Schmidt ends up being uh, the full time general manager, I know for a fact he has ideas and plans on on how to do uh, you know some of those things. So um, again, it's uh, it's it's a it's a new group and it's an open canvas. Uh, but to my original point, one that you concur with. I think the Rockies can be a factor next year um, with the right signings in the off season.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. I think that that's a good place. So we'll we'll let you go on that. We'll plug plug yet yeah, solely on the show. This yeah, we, we, we told, did a, a lot of
0: season. we did we did so, similar stuff. Yeah, through to what you and I you know have done today, and, and certainly what you and Patrick were doing. Um, you know, from the weekend forward. And, and that is, you know, kind of break down where the Rockies are. Um, and, and Sully's an interesting guy to talk to about that. You know, the player background, certainly uh, now the broadcaster background, somebody who follows the team, you know, passionately on a day-to-day basis, but also, you know, Corey's a really smart guy and he, he has interests potentially one day in, in getting involved in a front office. So he, looks at it from, you know, maybe a different perspective than just somebody who who used to play and is now, you know, a, a talking head on television. Uh, so we we kicked a bunch of things around. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think it'll be a good listen. And uh, that's uh, the Drew Goodman podcast. So I appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone, make sure you go and listen to that. I love uh, talking to Soli about his ideas. He's great. He's got
0: all Yeah, he's great. Ideas. He's great. Yeah, he's never – Corey, like all of us, right? We've never right. shown our opinion.
1: That, that That's absolutely right. So make sure as soon as we're done here, we're going to let Goody go. I'm, I've got a few more thoughts before we do, but then go and listen to the Drew Goodman podcast on whatever podcast app you are using. Thanks again, Goody. We'll see you next time.
0: Drew, have a good one, man. And uh, best of Patrick. He's doing the right thing. His wife's birthday today, right?
1: Right. Happy birthday to Robin.
0: Yeah. Right. Happy birthday, Robin. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you in a few days, brother.
1: Yeah. Take care. We'll All see right. You. See you, Drew. All right. Since we did have limited time with Goody today, I left off. I didn't want to use any of it there early on on uh, too many of these ad reads. So let me get you a whole bunch here. We've got, of course, you know, our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. They have the beef, man. They got so much delicious beef. They've got sausages. They've got ground beef. They've got ground chuck. They've got award-winning hamburgers. They got steaks. They got bacon, any, oh, the bacon's so good. Go to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DNBR10. They will hook you up with 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, which I always do, you'll get free shipping. It's so, so good. I've got 100% positive reviews on this stuff. Not joking with you, 100% positive reviews. So if you enjoy beef at all, I highly, highly recommend. You will not be disappointed. Treating the animals well, treating your body well, treating the environment well, your wallet, all that good stuff. Again, it's H-A-S-S-E-L-L Company.com. And of course, you know about our friends, Over at the DraftKings Sportsbook, best place to get a little betting in on your sports these days. I've been doing a lot of over-unders on strikeouts, who's going to get hits, who's going to get home runs. Uh, Less and less on the over-unders and on uh, total runs scored. That's been a little bit more difficult these days, (laughs) predicting which games are going to be high-scoring, which games are going to be low-scoring. A lot of fun in the Olympics, just hopping on there, seeing who are the favorites, maybe rooting for the underdog, getting some of the long odds. Uh, stuff like that has been a whole lot of fun. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. They will. let code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And of course, I got to let you know about our friends at Ball. I am so super duper excited. That's right, I said it. I'm that much of a nerd that I am literally super duper excited about our new sponsor, Ball. Yes, that Ball is in Ball Arena, Ball Aerospace Technology, the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. They do really fantastic work uh, making sustainable materials, thinking about the environment first, uh, thinking about their employees first basically being just a fantastic member of the community whether you're talking about sort of the Denver area Colorado the United States the world they're a phenomenal member of the community you can get involved right now they're looking to add at their golden plant for all kinds of positions making 8 12 16 ounce can sizes growlers all kinds of fun, cool, fantastic stuff if you're interested in that, that type of creation. So right here in Golden, you can check out hashtag work at Ball Online and apply for a position at their aluminum can plant by texting GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. And last one for you, of course, hope all this is putting a big smile on your face. Our smiles are all brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental, located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in the Lakewood area. If you go down there, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. They'll treat you like family. They know their sports. Got to get some teeth work done. Get it done with our friends at Green Mountain Dental. All right. I wanted to get to uh, a few final thoughts a little bit on the prospects here, which I see is mostly what the uh, YouTube chat is questioning about. I said, Hayden talking about, don't know about all this boys rocks have one prospect in the ESPN top 50. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit before, and, and that's something we're going to have to, you know, continue to keep our eyes on. I would suspect by the next time those lists come around, that's going to be different. I'll, I'll say that for now. You know, there's Um, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, how fairly are are, are the Rockies prospects evaluated and and how difficult do the Rockies make that on people to evaluate their prospects. And so they sort of don't get the benefit of the doubt. But the Rockies not getting the benefit of the doubt, whether they deserve it or not, really doesn't change what some of these ballplayers are or are not going to accomplish. Um, Zach Veen has obviously been fantastic so far he's the guy that is has the highest future value of anybody in the rocky system probably pretty comfortably uh and and he's been great so far but some of these other guys who are, are coming along colby talking about and i saw a few guys earlier mentioning um ezekiel tovar has been fantastic adi alamador uh we, we were talking about drew romo earlier of course it it hurts that the Rockies top pitching prospects and now Peter Lambert I think has graduated from prospect status uh but so you know he exists still there at the higher level Ryan Rollison, who mostly hasn't been healthy all year so he hasn't really had an opportunity to increase his prospect status and he may ultimately end up in the big leagues before he was ever really able to be a top 50 prospect but again remember you know before he debuted Trevor Story was not a top 100 prospect. Charlie Blackman was not a top 100 prospect. Uh, Ryan McMahon. Uh, you know, these guys had dropped out. Uh, Nolan was. Brendan Rogers was. John Gray was. Uh, but a lot of these other players, you know, so it's, and I get those designations, but that's why you tr- I try not to run too far away from them. Again, it is still the case that the Rockies farm system does need to get better, but it is also simultaneously the case that they, are getting better um michael toglia is is at a really fantastic season was really good in the futures game uh has been since been uh, advanced to double a and is settling in nicely and um jake brings up a great point here in the comments as well that without a 2020 minor league season it's really hard to tell where any of the prospects were before the season, there's still, and, and there's still a lot of that being ironed out. So again, I'm not going completely the other direction when people say, oh, the Rockies farm system is is rough and needs to get better. I'm not saying, actually, it's great. It's one of the best. They're in the top five and you people just don't get it. That is, that is not my position. My position is that it's actually probably a little bit better than people are, not a lot, a little bit better than is currently. Being reported. There are some weird nuances of, like I said, guys who just technically don't count as prospects anymore, like a Peter Lambert, um, you know, guys that really aren't being thought of right now. Colton Welker being on suspension. So he's had no opportunity to increase his prospect status. And he had probably been the fastest riser in the Rocky system. Another really fast riser who hit a big two-run home run as a part of a three-hit game last night in the higher, uh, now we've talked about the lower levels of the minors. Most people actually believe are pretty good. It's the higher levels where they feel bereft of talent, but that's also where they've got Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison, Colton Welker. um, You know, there's not a a whole lot of Sam Hilliard. If we're counting that, you know, where is he at in those? And so uh, yeah, Colby, the Fresno and Spokane teams are, are definitely where most of that hope is. Right. And it's, it's nice that as of right now, most of the Rockies' top prospects are performing well. Elio i I'm, I'm close. I think I got close. Elio Montero, who of course came over in the Nolan Arenado deal, was just named minor league player of the month. He's on an absolute tear, is Montero. And so right at this, you know, so, and and he is enlisted. So maybe by next year, we're talking about him as a top 100 or top 50 prospect. There are a lot of these guys. So that's that's my way of saying it may even be rightfully the case. Some of these guys might be being overlooked, but, you know, if Valade or Welker or Rollison or uh, Montero or an improving Dromo, or once we start to see Benny Montgomery or Chris McMahon, who's been really good, like the Rockies have a lot of guys in that next group who by this time next year, I think we're going to be talking about, as top 100 prospects. And then of course, you know, they've got, they'll have another draft. They're going to do, you know, they're probably going to have a compensatory pick <laughs> that we keep talking about. And, and we'll see what they do with all of that. And, uh, you know, by all accounts also, you know, they just had a really, really good draft. And I don't know, uh, you know, to what extent, Jaden Hill is, is a perfect example of this, right? Like, how do you evaluate Jaden Hill and, and rank him as a prospect right now. The guy's thrown like 45 or 50 innings in college because of Tommy John surgery, but right before that was considered a talent good enough to go 1-1 overall in baseball. So, should we treat him a, like a guy with that kind of talent? A, in which case, he could arguably go right to being the top Rockies' top prospect, even over Zach Veen. Like Jaden Hill, this time, a uh, a year from now might be the Rockies top prospect or certainly second best. If Veen keeps doing his thing, it's going to be tough to unseat him. The guy's got like Cody Bellinger comps from day one. But again, even Zach Veen, I don't think was expected ever to go one, one in his draft with Torkelson was always going to do that. Right? So you look at a, a guy like Jaden Hill who and AJ, our, our guy, AJ Haifley, uh who you all know from AVS coverage keeps really pumping me up on jaden hill and get me excited about that but back to other questions we know prospects can be a bit of a crap shoot as well and so the rockies are going to have to go out in this off season and sign some impact bats and and totally retool the bullpen and it does look like that that's their plan and so while you know this will kind of be my my bow on on that final point is that i 100 understand anyone who's going I don't like that plan, but I do think that Bill Schmidt and Drew Goodman, who, you know, he's, he's not like an arm of the team or anything, but he's a lot closer to the team and, and understanding their way of thinking and, and having those kinds of conversations than most of the people on the outside, even writers who've been there for a very long time, right? And so at the very least, I think we can say, this is the Rockies plan. We know what it is now. Uh, disagree with it all you want, but I I will push back a little bit when people say the Rockies have no plan. They have no direction. Uh, They may have one you think is absolutely pie in the sky nonsense, right? That they're going to compete next year against the Dodgers and the Padres by signing a couple of quality bats and and hoping for the best. Uh, You know, I get it. I get why a lot of people would say you're nowhere close to that level you don't need three or four or five new players here. You need 15 new players here. I get why that's some people's position. It is mine, but I find it to be a reasonable one. Um, But I will push, I I think they've made it clear at this point, I think Bill Schmidt with his comments, and we'll see if he's the long-term GM, but at least as of right now, this is what they're doing. Trying to build around this starting pitching staff uh, and augment, as they said, um, going forward with these free agent targets in the off season. And until we see exactly what those are, it's going to be difficult for me to say they absolutely can't do that. Cause I've looked at some names and thought uh, there might be some guys here to make this happen. Will asking if for whatever reason story accepts and signs a one year <laughs> qualifying offer contract, are there any restrictions on trading him in the same off season, say at the winter meetings? I'd have to double check. On if there are any restrictions um against that, but I did have this thought really in earnest for the first time the other day. Patrick had brought it up on the show, and I had more or less dismissed it as him sort of theory crafting and I still think it's highly highly unlikely that. He accepts the qualifying offer. Geez, excuse me. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm getting. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's highly, highly unlikely that that happens. But if he really continues to struggle, now he may have come out of it lately, right? He's had some home runs lately, had the big game yesterday. So if he totally comes out of it, um, no, I, I don't think that's very likely, you know, but it would be interesting. It sure would be interesting if if he ended up back on the team, especially after a lot of people assumed his comments meant he wanted out of here as fast as possible, less than he meant he just wanted to go play some competitive baseball somewhere and kind of decided that's what was going to happen. Um, I don't think it's an impossibility anymore. If he continues to struggle, he may just go, you know what? I need to rebuild myself. I need to come back out, play better next year. And if that's what earns him the next contract. And he feels he can do it here as well as signing a one year deal somewhere else, the way Marcus Simeon did, Uh, you know, especially considering the turmoil of the CBA negotiations. Maybe he just goes, I'm going to let all of that sort itself out. I'll take the qualifying offer to make 18 or $19 million to play in a place I've been comfortable my whole career. And then either the Rockies can turn around and say, Hey, you know, we've still got Trevor and we can either trade him then and get something for him, rendering all of this other stuff moot. Or if their plan really is to build and win and you think Trevor on a rebound, still, you know, new contract year with pieces that you've brought in with the money that you've saved from the Nolan deal and this young starting pitching staff and whatever else, and now he's a part of it and your team is much better. Maybe he doesn't have to leave at all that's incredibly far-fetched. I just painted a very rainbowy picture for the potential future of the Rockies and Trevor story. He almost certainly will just decline the qualifying offer and, and go somewhere else. And someone will take a chance on him and give him at least the one year deal for big money. Uh, especially once they're like doctors and stuff can take a look at him in an off season and find that he's healthy, but interesting question to consider will because it's, it's not necessarily the slam dunk that I thought it was before. So worth remembering. All right. I think that'll do it for today. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us for this one. Uh, Really of course, appreciate Drew Goodman for coming on, sharing his thoughts about everything going on down there. I appreciate you all for taking the time to listen to all of that. I know, you know, there's a lot of frustration and anger and and wanting to just kind of get out the pitchforks and, and burn it all down. And, and I understand that, too. But I, I think it's worth everyone's time to listen earnestly to the argument of the people on the other side and, and try to see what they are seeing. And and I appreciate Goody coming on here and making that uh, argument. And and, and I, you know, appreciate that this will be a conversation that continues to be an argument moving forward uh, as well as it should be. So join us for this weekend. Should be a fun series with the Marlins coming to town. Some really good pitching matchups, the offenses of, we'll see. But we're going to find out. It, it's been fun baseball as of late. I know I've really been enjoying watching the games. If you have been too, make sure you're subscribed to the DNBR.com so you can come hang out with us in the Discord channel. So you can chant Joe, Joe, Joe alongside with us or broad every time Brendan Rogers does something cool, which has been a lot lately. It's just been so much fun in the Discord channel, hanging out, having a blast. So come hang out with us there. Subscribe to the DNBR.com for hats and shirts and uh, the discounts on those things, but <laughs> by the way. Although you do get a free shirt when you sign up for the annual right now. Uh, the Discord channel, all the other stuff. The bigger beer down at the DNVR bar. All that cool stuff you get just for being a member of the family. Of course, follow on social media. At Drew Creesman, At Patrick D. Lyons. At Drew Goodman 42. At DNVR underscore Rockies. All that good stuff. We appreciate you for being the absolute best baseball fans in the world out there. I can only ever promise you that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.